Hello, everybody, and welcome to the DC Comics Secret Origins Podcast. This is episode 12, where I'm going to be going through the first appearance and origin of one plastic man. But before we do that, let me remind you to go over to Twitter, follow us at Weird Science DC. We will follow you back 100%. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get reviews of most of the books that come out each and every week from DC Comics. And then go over to our Patreon account, Patreon.com, slash Weird Science, where you can get a bunch of exclusive podcasts each level. More podcasts up until you become a badass, and then you get to demand everything that we do there but like i said we're going to be going through the first appearance of plastic man and it's from police comics number one but before we get into the actual comic let me tell you a little bit about plastic man plastic man whose real name is patrick eel o'brien first appeared in police comics number one originally published by quality comics and later acquired by dc comics created by cartoonist jack cole Plastic Man was one of the first superheroes to incorporate humor into mainstream action storytelling. He was one of Quality Comics' signature characters during the golden age of comic books. Plastic Man can stretch his body into any imaginable form, for example, a ball or a car, etc. His adventures were known for their quirky offbeat structure and surreal slapstick humor. When Quality Comics was shut down in 1956, DC Comics acquired many of its characters, integrating Plastic Man into the mainstream DC universe. But like I said, this is the first appearance, and it is from Police Comics number one. That has a cover date of August 1941. And as we just heard, it's written with art as well by Jack Cole in a story that's called Plastic Man, The Origin of plastic man so it really tells you exactly what you're going to get there and we're going to jump into that right now the issue itself begins with a half page spread where you are going to get the wow factor of plastic man it's something that a lot of the older comics would do so that as you're paging through it catches your eye and you want to read the rest of the story it usually does have kind of like spoilers but a lot of times it's made up stuff it doesn't happen in the issue it's just there to grab your eye, and this does grab your eye. You have Plastic Man across the top and a banner that does look elastic. You end up having Plastic Man himself already as Plastic Man with his arms stretching, stopping gangsters, and you get a description that says, from time to time, the comic world welcomes a new sensation. Such is Plastic Man, the most fantastic man alive. Vermin of the underworld shudder at the mention of his name, and yet he was once one of them. Now, read of how this incredible character came to be and jack cole is not going to mess around we jump right into a robbery with a gang with eel o'brien in it who will become plastic man and they are robbing the crawford chemical works and in this i just want to step aside here because in this issue it brings up something that i talk about a lot with especially the golden age stuff as the world is, you know, kind of in World War II, coming out of the Great Depression, all this, where you end up having these comic book bad guys just easily able to rob places of what is with inflation millions upon millions of dollars. Now, again, they usually get stopped, but in these, they get stopped most of the time by superheroes that a kid reading it back in the day does not really have to worry about Plastic Man. And I'm telling you, back in the day, if I'm reading this, I'm thinking that a life of crime might pay 
it might pay off because there's no plastic man who's going to stop me because they are robbing a Crawford Chemical Works of about $1.9 million. It ends up being with inflation. Now, with that, I hope that most of these guys go and get better suits and hats because they look ridiculous. One of the guy, he ends up having like a yellow polka dot dude cap. It looks terrible. The other guy is wearing a, a hat that looks like a taxi cap. So when they're grabbing this money, I'm hoping that they're thinking that they are going to split it and then each of them is going to up their fashion game. But in the meantime, you end up seeing that one guard, one lowly guard is there protecting $1.9 million plus the factory. They scatter the the gangsters as you would, you know, no honor among thieves at this point where they just scatter. And unfortunately, Eel O'Brien gets shot when he gets shot. He falls into a railing. And then somehow in some sort of Rube Goldberg setup, a big giant vat of acid falls on him. Of course, you know, to be safe, they ended up putting acid, the, the name on the side of the vat, so that, you you know, you don't fall into it. But instead it falls into Eel O'Brien and douses him with this acid. And it's funny, too, to think back at this because you end up having sometimes a sign of the times type deal of how different things come about. You end up when the space race hits late fifties, early sixties, as they're starting to gear towards all of that, you do have that shift. It was the big thing for toy story. The idea that from cowboys and Indians, now everybody's interested in spacemen and going out now or space spaceship, stuff like that. I just wonder around this time, because this comes out just a little bit after the Joker premieres in Batman number one. So is there a bit where if we went back to about 1940, 41, 42, that everybody was afraid of falling into acid? Because all of these people end up getting acid, falling into it, getting poured on them. Oh, my goodness. Now I'm going to have superpowers, all this craziness. But the thing is, at this point, Eel is doused with acid that ends up going into his bloodstream because he had been shot. And he didn't get shot really bad. It just seems like, you know, a flesh wound. But the acid is getting in. And he ends up trying to catch up with his buddies. The gang takes off. They get in their car and squeal away. And Eel misses his ride. He's left high and dry here, except that he's, you know, covered in acid. He ends up also, I want to point out, the acid does nothing at all to his suit. But somehow it seeps into him and does all this. But in the meantime, I would say that these gangsters, yeah, you know what? This is what you would expect. If you fall behind, they're going to leave you. Most of the gangsters know that. That's probably an unwritten rule. The problem is, as they are making the turn away from Eel, one of these jerks yells out, Adios, Eel. You don't do that. (laughs) That's too much. You don't do that. Well, so what is Eel going to do? What is a gangster without a ride who got shot and doused with acid to do? Well, obviously, you take off, you run through a swamp, then you end up climbing a mountain. And this is all just panel, panel, swamp, mountain, and then you pass out. You pass out at the top of the mountain, hoping maybe to die. Well, you end up, he didn't die. He wakes up and he is in a monastery. He doesn't know this yet, but he wakes up and then, you know, nice bed. Looks more like actually like a hospital bed, but still probably as nicer, nicer than what he's used to. You end up having a room 
that we'll discuss is kind of magical because every angle that shifts, the room is painted a different color somehow. Plus, he has a nice picture on the wall, a picture of a sailboat. And and so this is a monastery. It seems like it's a huge monastery where possibly only one monk lives. And I kept wondering, and this is where my crazy mind goes, wondering, what is this painting of a sailboat? Why, why a sailboat? Now, it's on rough seas, so then I start thinking, oh, my, it must be the idea of, you know, a lone figure that's lost in rough seas, and then you accept God. And then, now nah, I think that they just ended up putting it there. I, I get too intricate with that. But you end up having this one monk. He shows up then and says, oh, my God, thank God you're awake. I made you some tea. Here you go. And Eel says, oh, my head, I mean, what's going on? Who are you? Where am I? And the monk says, you are in Rest Haven, son. Somehow, I guess the acid is clogging up Eel's ears. He thinks that the guy said you're in heaven. He starts screaming and yelling as if he's upset and and really is the idea of, what? Heaven? No way. I should be in hell. I'm like, "If, if you think you're in heaven, Eel, shut your mouth. Like, maybe they made a mistake. Maybe there's some fine print they didn't look at. And, and they messed up, and now you're in heaven because he is protesting uh, too much. And the monk says, no, 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 no. Rest haven, not heaven. I, I don't know how you heard heaven from rest haven, but, you know, this is a mountain retreat far from the troubled world. I found you on the trail this morning, Eel O'Brien. Well, now Eel says, oh, how do you know my name? Now, this monk goes a little bit above and beyond here because I would think that a religious man who ends up finding a gangster who is being tailed by the police for robbery might end up kind of giving him up. You know, okay, here he is. Well, the monk says, I know your name because the police who trailed you asked me about you, but I lied and said that I didn't know anything of that and I hid you. And then Eel says, well, why would you take that chance? Now, with this and this monastery on top of the mountains and all that, I do think that this monk is just lonely and wants a buddy. But he says, well, looking at you, you know, looking at you there with your gangster suit covered in acid and shot, I really could tell that there was a valuable citizen inside you that just never got the chance. And I wanted you to get that chance. So tell me your story. And that's where I said, I think that this monk just is bored and needs some entertainment. So he's like, oh, this guy seems like he has a crazy story. I mean, you find a guy who is in a gangster type suit, shot acid. That's an interesting fella. He might have a couple tales to tell. So that's what I think it's all about. But the monk's like, okay, tell me your story. And he's like, oh, well, back in the day, my folks died when I was 10. And right now, I, I think the monk's like, yeah, that's not what I really wanted here. I, I wanted some more of this action-packed thing that you seem to be involved with. But okay, we'll go with it. And he says, I ended up having to work on the streets. I ended up being pushed around by everyone. So I got tired of that. And I started pushing them around. I was a gangster. And he's like, all right, now we're getting there. And you end up having Eel say, I completely lost faith in mankind until... Well, now, you know, you, Sir Monk, have really taught me that I should look at things a little different. Maybe I should help people. Thank you so much. I'm going to go back to bed because, you know, acid in the bloodstream. Now, this is a funny thing, too, where if some people could go back and if you want to redo the origin of Plastic Man, you really could center on the idea that the acid really didn't do much or maybe not even been acid. It didn't do anything to the suit, right? And it's the monk. And this tea, 
because who knows what's in that tea? And that may have been the crazy thing. And then we find out that the monk all along was the one who created Plastic Man. But that's beside the point. It just made me laugh thinking of the whole deal with this tea. Well, you end up where Eel goes to sleep and then rests up. And then he gets up and it's like, oh, man, I feel really good. Let me check on things. And, oh, my God, my arms just stretched. He yawns and his arms stretch from one side of the room to the next. Again, at that point, the wall is painted red with the picture of the sailboat right behind him. Then in the next panel, he hasn't gotten out of bed, hasn't changed any position, but now there's no painting and the wall is blue. Things are going wacky up there in the monastery. Now, I I think that that tea was a little bit something else, maybe some sort of CIA secret, you know, investigation or experiment. But you end up where he then pulls his face, it's stretchy face. Then he's like, oh my God, then it gets real long. All this stuff going on as he realizes that, oh my God, that acid ended up going in my bloodstream and caused a physical change, and now I can kind of stretch around. Now, I always wondered why they called him Plastic Man and not Rubber Man. Still don't know why, but I still think I would call myself, you know, Rubber Man, Elastic Man, something like that. But he's, you know, they call him Plastic Man. So he goes to the mirror, and he's like, oh my God, this is great. The monk kind of taught me to, to care for people a little more, and maybe that I'm pushing back too much. Maybe I'm not giving people and life a chance This is it. Now that I can stretch, I'll go back and I'll do good and I'm going to be a superhero. Now, with that, the minute that he gets back, he's going straight up revenge on the people who ended up screwing him over. But still, he's doing it for the good of all. He goes over to the monk and says, hey, thanks a lot. And it says, days later, Eel has recovered, probably out of stories and probably the monk is, you know, hey, you got to get going now. You know, I I can imagine the monk would make up stories and this is like, you know what, son? When you are like you are, you should get back to the living. You should get back to that city of yours. Like, he just is done. I've heard all your stories. Get out of here. So you end up where he does go back. I wish that they showed him walking down the mountain and through the swamp again, but maybe he takes a different route. He ends up going right to his old gang. And he busts in like, oh, my God, it's Eel. Hey, man, you're not mad at us for, you know, zipping off without you, are you? And he does say, no, 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 I just want my cut. I think that she also say, which one, which one of you said adios? Because that really is stuck in my crawl since that. Like, it's fine enough. I understand you got to get away, but adios, eel, seriously. But he ends up saying, now I'm back. I want my cut. I was worried that they were just going to open fire on him. You know, yeah, we kind of spent your cut, whatever, but they give him his cut and then say, we have a, a, another job. We have a big job coming up. You want to get back? Let's, the gang's all back. Let's go. And it's to rob a bank messenger it's a guy who is getting money from the bank and then he's going to walk to another location where they're gonna this guy who looks like maybe like a a 55 year old professor with a cane i mean if you don't want to you know upset people but he looks like a nerd right and he's got just bag of money the money that it's almost 10 million dollars he does not have a guard around him he's just this guy walking again with a cane and they know, okay, this bank messenger is going to have all this money. We just, you know, knock him off. And they end up following this guy and get in the elevator of the building where he's taking it to. And then they end up stopping the elevator. They kind of grab the elevator operator and then grab the bag of money from this guy who goes like, oh, dear. And they grab the money and go up through the, you know, the upper escape latch of the elevator. Now, in the meantime, when they got there, 
eel said listen guys i don't want to be left behind and seriously if anybody's going to say adios to anybody it's me this time so i'm going to stay in the car i'll be i'll be the guy i'll be the getaway car guy you guys go in and they're like okay we understand well when they go in to rob this messenger he then ends up getting in his plastic man outfit now the plastic man outfit you never see any fashion show like i always like when they're trying to figure out what kind of costume all you get is that when Eel left the monastery on the top of the mountain, he mumbled to himself, all I need is a costume of rubber. That's it. He has it. Away we go. And he ends up going into the building after his gangster pals and goes to the top and ends up using his stretchy arms to reach down. As these guys are using the, you know, the escape ladder in case the elevator does break down, whatnot, they're there with the money. He reaches down to grab them. With his stretchy arms, they're all freaking out. Oh, my God, it's a monster. It's a freak. What's going on? Now, in the meantime, they just start open fire at him. And he has to kind of step away as they it's covering fire. These guys are shooting as these guys with the money go past Eel in the little deal and go up in the upper levels, the upper floors of the apartment or this building, the skyscraper. So Plastic Man realizes, Eel realizes, okay, what I'll do is. I'll get out on this floor. They're going to have to come down the stairs at at some point. So I'm going to lay down like I'm a rug. I'm going to lay down flat. You know, everybody knows this gag, right? The thing is, like, why would there be a rug that actually just looks like a flattened man? He doesn't change his look. It's just a flattened man rug where he's laying there. And they do come down. And then he reveals himself. He kind of wraps up around them. The two guys who have the money, the one guy has the money, the other guys, like the main guys, they get away. He ends up fighting these other two lower level goons. And as he knocks them out, what he calls Pops, the guy who I guess he's the maintenance man of the building who comes skipping in with his overall smoking a pipe. And Plastic Man says, hey, Pops, can you take care of these guys? They're bad guys. You know, you take care of them. I knocked them out. Just say, I'm going to go get the real bad guys. And he runs up and Pops is like, okay. And you end up where Plastic Man runs up to the roof and sees that these gangsters, I guess they did have a plan. They are shimmying down a rope on this huge skyscraper, and he grabs the rope and starts pulling it up. And you have the gangsters, oh, no, what's going on? It's that freak. He's pulling us up. And then finally you do end up with Plastic Man kind of whipping them up. So they fly up in the air and land on the roof with him. In the meantime, because he's too busy with this, he doesn't realize that one of the other guys is sneaking up behind him and pushes Eel off the roof. He flies off and they think, okay, that freak, whatever he is, I mean, it was wacko. Uh, he must be dead. Let's go back. Let's get in the, you know, the getaway car and let's get out of here. And you do end up seeing where Plastic Man falls down, makes himself into a ball, hits the ground, boom, flies up and somehow... In this, what seems to be where the trajectory of going from the ground up in the air, where some guy sees him and goes, great day. Uh, he can change into his outfit and land right in the car. Because the next panel, he's just there in the getaway car waiting for his buddies who come out. Get moving, he'll get moving. I wish he's like, adios. <laughs> but he ends up, all right, get in. And he's asking him, okay, what went, what went on? Oh, my God. There was this crazy guy. He was like a man of plastic. He was made of robbers. And while that's going on, he's listening to the guys. He does say, which seems like something that wouldn't be of the time, but must be, obviously says, if you ask me, I think you've been hitting the pipe. 
And I'm like, whoa, that seems very of the now. And so while this is going on and they're telling their tale of woe and this crazy freak plastic man, he ends up reaching out the door window and then stretching around to the other side of the car so that he can reach in and grab all the gangsters in there, obviously not himself then, and then ends up zipping them out as he's driving past the police station. He throws them into the police station through the window, actually crashes through the window, and lets them down there as he yells, here's, you know, and he says, here's Begora Skizzle Shanks and his mob. I don't even know what those words mean. And then he goes and you have the police. Oh, my God, it's the mob. That's great. You know, it was an arm like a tentacle. What was that? And these guys are like, take us away from that guy. He was like a rubber man, like a plastic man. And you end up having the police chief say, plastic man, you're nuts. Take him away, Clancy. And you end up having the bad guys go down. So Plastic Man in a very frenetic type of issue. I hope that you get the idea because reading it even and talking about it. I mean, it is a crazy balls to the wall pace. You end up having Eel still in the car saying, now to return the money. I never knew fighting for the law could be so much fun. Now, maybe he skims a little off the top, right? Who's going to notice that? Also, I want to know when he goes back and he's like, hey. Look at me. I'm. A, he's still a wanted gangster. I mean, at that point, they were trying. The police were trying to track him down just because the monk in the monastery let him stay there for a couple weeks. I think that he's still a wanted man, but he's going to go back. Hey, by the way, here's that money that that my gang that you know I'm known to be part of stole. Here you go. Hey, everything's good. Hopefully, he just leaves it there at the door, knocks and runs, right? Ring and run, and then you end up having pops, the janitor. He answers and sees it now he's rich now he owns the building but yeah it says at the end and so plastic man carrying on in his role of the eel continues to live as a thief to get inside information that will aid him as plastic man and then you get the end it's fun it is really fun now the idea of what is you know humor in a comic it, it, it is it's funny the situations are funny and i think it's more of the outlandish things hey look at me i'm gonna make myself look like a rug hey look at me i'm bouncing like a ball that sort of thing it's not really gag heavy in the idea that he's telling jokes or quips or something like that yet it's more of just the situations and the idea this guy's ridiculous he's a plastic man what is up with this but i think that it's a cool juxtaposition of that guy who's you know it's like every character it's like the green hornet you know the idea that he's a gangster but he's also the good guy, so he has to keep that going and all that. So it's it's fun. It is fun. And I, I, I'm glad that I, I read it, and I was glad I got to talk about it. Hopefully you're glad that you listened in a little now. You have all the knowledge of the origin of Plastic Man that you ever need. Now, later on, one of the funny things is Gail Simone did end up tying in that instead of the Crawford Chemical Works, where you end up having the eel get the acids filled on them, ends up making it into Ace Chemicals, just another division so that you can tie it in more with the Joker, kind of a wink-wink deal, so that's kind of cool. But with that, we see Plastic Man, most of the time when you have events and things come up, uh, he's not that popular to really go. The last thing that I remember, obviously, with the death metal metal stuff that he was in the egg, then you got Gail Simone with that miniseries that I wasn't too much of a fan of. Eric and Reggie liked it a little more than me. I, I wasn't a big fan, but overall, I think the character's fun. Eh, he's goofy. Guy. I know there was at one point, they were talking about having a movie, and I know Ben Schwartz, the guy who was in the Sonic movie, 
but also in Parks and Rec. He was really, really trying to get that role of Plastic Man, but that movie never came to be, so maybe someday. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Again, this was the Secret Origins podcast. I also end up doing the best DC Comics podcast on this feed as well, which I'll get back to. Next week, we'll kind of jump around between the Secret Origins and the Best DC Comics podcast. But also, you know, if you don't know, if you haven't listened, we have our big show on Sunday night, our weekly recap and review show that me and Eric do that I'm going to actually go off right now to record. So, hey, everybody, I got to go and I will talk to you later.